Welcome to the audio guide to how high performers discover their ideal career and find meaningful, well-paid work without starting over. It's a series we're running every day this week to teach you the nine stages every single person goes through. At least if your goal is fulfilling work that also pays you well. You can't do it. You're not smart enough. Why on earth did you think that you could change careers? Whose stupid idea was it to climb a mountain anyway? It's too hard. Ready to quit. If you're going through a career change to meaningful work, literally everyone we've ever worked with, yes, everyone goes through some variation of this as they begin implementing their career change plan. This is the part when all the bad things happen. You realize you will never be happy. Never. You understand that the universe absolutely under no circumstances wants you to achieve your dreams. The good news is people do make it to the other side and it's absolutely totally possible, but we've seen some of the same observations again and again and again for those people who do. And that's what we're going to talk about today in stage six. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Stage six, stumble but don't fall. Overcome setbacks by adjusting your plan. If you've gone through stage five and you've laid out a plan and begun working on your career change, then at some point, everything hits. It hits the fan entirely. This is the point where you're lying on your bed, fully clothed, staring at the ceiling, listening to the doors, wondering if anybody actually likes the doors, and you decide that you're going to give up. You're going to go back to your previous career. It wasn't that bad, right? Like you did it for a while. What's another, you know, 20, 30 years or so? The stress will probably force you into early retirement. So, you know, maybe only like 10 years, maybe less. I don't know. Honestly, I know that even though this sounds a little bit crazy, I love this part of the journey because I know how it ends. And this leads to one of my favorite quotes by John Lennon. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I think John Lennon was right though. Think about every movie you've ever seen. Think about the moment when the hero is completely done for. Rocky is getting pounded. E.T. is dead. Marty McFly is on stage at the under the sea dance, dissolving into oblivion while Biff is in the parking lot beating up George. It's all going wrong. All of it. And then what happens? Well, Rocky fights back. E.T. wakes up. George punches Biff and Marty goes back to the 80s. It all worked out, right? The same thing's going to happen for you. It's just going to take longer than it does in the movies. You're going to reach a moment when you feel like you can't go on, when it gets hard, and then you're going to draw in the resources and the plan you prepared for in this moment. Hey, remember, by the way, if you go back several episodes in stage two, your plan for inevitable success, we actually built this into the plan. We knew this was coming. Pretty awesome, right? So your team will help. You'll be able to pull some of the levers that you plan to pull. Your con- your contingency plan starts to kick in. So 
friends, family, your coach, all the people that you have identified to be a part of your team, that's when you're going to leverage them. You're going to be able to later on look at how, how far you've come and you're going to know that there's no turning back from here. So this begs another question. When you get to this point, what else can you try? I want to share with you some of the observations that we've had over doing this since 2012. At this point, you're going to take a beat. You're going to analyze what you've done so far and assess what's worked and what hasn't worked. This is the point in time where if you find that what you've been trying hasn't been working, then you're going to move on to something else that you can try. That's the reality. When you're going through to make a career change to meaningful work that pays well and lines up with your ideals, it's uncharted territory in some ways, which means that you're going to have to pivot throughout the process. You're going to have to iterate throughout the process. This is a time to think about not only building up your existing skills, but also building new ones. Maybe you're good on the phone, you're getting some results, but could you be even better? Could you hyper-target that? You're maybe not so great at job interviews, but where are the specific pieces that you can improve? This stage is an iterative process of generally improving your career change skills to get you the rest of the way to the top of the mountain. Mitch Hedberg said, an escalator can't break. It can only become stairs. And when your career change begins to go well and you get some momentum, you start to feel like you're right in an escalator. But then eventually the escalator breaks at some point, someplace, at least for a while when you get to this stage. That's okay. You can still take the stairs. Remember, you don't want to change careers. Way back in stage one, we said you need to change careers. You'll keep going and you will make it. Okay. All of our clients uh, happen to your career. At some point along the way, they all experience difficulty. All the stories that we've talked about so far in this series, all the stories that you've heard if you listen to the Happen to Your Career podcast, you, all of them, but no one has described it more eloquently than Rob. Here's what happens when you lose faith in yourself. Rob, in his case, he struggled for a long time on his own in a very unsatisfying career before coming to HTYC for help. Here's how he describes the feeling that his career change was going to fail and how he overcame it. No one wants to have an extended period of strife and grief and, you know, certainly on the career side. I mean, you get to a point where it's, it's pretty rough. I think it helped me the most in terms of having a little faith in myself. You're not the only one that's really been here. Yeah, this is rough. Let's talk about it. This idea that while it might seem like this is a solo endeavor, there are a lot of people out there that do want to help. I kind of came to the coaching scenario just like, gosh, I'm just a failure. But I got through that and I owe that largely to our coaching sessions. There's not an instant anything you know, you really have to use a little bit of your faith in the process of, of sort of going toward, you know, if you use, for example, the strengths foundation, using those to really guide you along that path and eventually building something that begins to look like a career. We find that there's two things when you get to this point, aside from 
putting your plan for inevitable success into action that really help more so than anything else. Thing number one is recognizing that you're going to have to up your skill level someplace, somewhere along the line that happens again and again. Most people that come to us have not made career changes to much more meaningful work that also fits their ideals, that pays well, and all the other things that they want on that checklist, right? The ideal career profile that we talked about in stage three. So you're going to have to skill up someplace along the process. The other thing is doing some very specific things to ensure that you can keep going, even beyond the plan that you already have in place. I want to share one of those stories, how to keep going, navigating career change. Let's say if a, I don't know, a pandemic hits. Well, I mentioned Nadia's story in stage one, considering career change. Well, Nadia was a teacher in England. She loved her students. She felt at home in the school community, but couldn't avoid her growing sense that the work was making her miserable. When she decided to pursue a career change, she felt scared, bereft, guilt-ridden, regretful, all of those things. She was desperate to give up and retreat to her teaching career, but she knew she couldn't. And eventually, her career change process began to gain traction. As I was thinking, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think I'm getting somewhere. Then the world changed. COVID arrived on our doorstep. And then suddenly, all I'm hearing is job cuts. Uh, people are not hiring, freezes, et cetera, et cetera. I reached out to a recruiter. And the reply that came back was, people are just looking for experience. Come back in maybe, you know, six to eight months time when things are a little bit more settled. Nadia was also concerned that her network was too weak to support her career change into a new field. When you're moving from one sector to another, completely different, how are you going to have a network? I mean, certainly my teaching colleagues are certainly not going to turn into corporate giants. So what did Nadia do to actually keep going? Well, Nadia adopted a few tactics to keep her change on track. One, accountability. Now, there's a variety of ways that you can introduce accountability. In this particular case, Nadia met with her career coach, in this case, Philip on our our team, every single week to review her progress. This created a natural system where she didn't have to continue to think about that kept pulling her forward. And don't underestimate the power of building in systems into this process in one way or another, whether it's with a coach, whether it is in many other different ways. The second thing that she used was getting very, very clear, getting uber specific about what the goals and the actions are that she needed to take way more clear than what you would think. So her and Philip developed a spreadsheet and set weekly goals for her progress down to the individuals who she will contact the exact names. This made Nadia accountable for her progress on a weekly basis. It also took ambiguity of exactly what she needed to do each week completely out of the picture. Okay, let me give you a couple examples. And by the way, if you want to see some actual screenshots of her plan and even the the Excel spreadsheet that uh, she and Philip used, you can go to careerchangeguide.co. That's careerchangeguide.co and then click on stage six. And then you'll be able to see those screenshots. However, let me just read a couple of them as examples on there. So on May 4th, 
she had email resume review result to two companies in particular. CV review and feedback cover emails, resume review, and checklist items from postings. What that meant in this particular case to her and her coach was that that's what she was going to do. And she was going to take the checklist items that they'd developed during that coaching session. And then she was going to integrate them into her, her emails as she was reaching out to other people. So specifically, she was going to rewrite the profile section on her resume and her LinkedIn profile. She was going to reduce the work experience section and change it to bullet points to make it more effective. She was going to address the employment and gap change in her career. And then she was going to review the recording of that coaching session to pull out some specific verbiage that they had talked about. Plus she was going to use a Chrome extension called hunter.io to be able to find some email addresses for people she wanted to reach out to. And she had those specific people detailed out. I'm not going to share those people's names with you in this case, and it's blocked out on, on the screenshot, but it, it gets that uber specific. You can see more of specifically what she did. The point here though, is she got so specific that when it came time for her to spend uh, effort, bandwidth, and energy working on her career change, she knew exactly what to do because they had already defined what were those most important activities for that particular week, that particular time period, and even prioritize them in order. Pretty cool, right? All right. There comes a time when every single person is going to hit a skill gap or a skill wall is what we'll call it. Everyone we've ever worked with that has the goal of getting paid very well for fulfilling work that fits them hits the same point in the process. They encounter that skill wall. This is the point where they realize that the skills required for getting meaningful work are different than what's required for getting a regular job. This is also where everyone runs into the wall and they often don't see how to do the process any differently, which makes it especially painful to do it differently and be successful. It means that you're going to need to up your skills. Nadia also worked on developing her skills. When she first approached us for coaching, she was not that great at sending emails to reach out to people like that. That is what it is. Like it's just where she was at. We worked together with her to develop her skill and her comfort level in sending these types of messages to strangers or to people that she had a relationship with. Ultimately, this was a very useful skill that made Nadia's career change not just happen, but also made it possible. The magic of that was to say, hey, let's look at the people who are currently doing these jobs. Let's do some research and see who you can connect with. And that is where, for her, the door opened and the light began to shone through. I want to give you a real example of Nadia upping her skills. Let me read you a portion of one of the first messages that she wrote herself. And then also an email that she sent much later that actually led to her getting a job offer. Okay. Here's the first email subject line, your SAP position, dear Jim, by the way, all the names and all the identification pieces have been changed in this email. My passion for learning with a proven ability to deal with complex issues systematically and creatively led me to seek a career in logistics and supply chain management. 
Whilst studying for the master's, I acquired hands-on experience with SAP all-in-one and loved every minute of it. The value it brings to an organization in terms of end-to-end solutions for all business processes and supply chain visibility was breathtaking. My experience of working as a consultant brought into sharp focus the importance of well-designed implementation strategy. I'm not going to read the rest of it. Here's why. Because this actually, and you can see the challenges with it, it looks very and sounds very similar to most of what people will send out. I would estimate that probably 60% of the people that we work with are sending when we first start working with them, something similar in the process, if that's part of their reach out strategy. So this is, this is normal. Like this is, this is what school and college and everything else teaches you to send and how to communicate. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. It's boring and it's irrelevant. And Nadia got to learn that firsthand. Unfortunately, she needed to make the mistake a couple of times in order to see that she needed a different result and get the incentive to be able to up her skills. Okay. Now, after working with her, we helped her create a different type of communication. Here's the email. This is the literal email that allowed her to make a connection with someone she didn't know who later introduced her to her future boss. Take a listen and see if you can hear some of the differences. Subject, we studied business analytics at name of university. Hey, Mike, forgive the impromptu email. I came across your profile while I was searching SAP partners on LinkedIn. It turns out we were both enrolled at name of university in 2015 and studied business analytics Unix together. Unfortunately, our paths didn't cross, although I felt a sense of kinship when I saw that you were awarded best overall performing student in your course, just as I did in mine. What really grabbed my attention, though, was your career journey from assembly line worker in name of company to business one consultant in name of company and name of place. Wow. Currently, I'm looking to transition into SAP implementation and on the search for advice. Specifically, I'm curious how you made the transition from assembly line worker all the way to SAP business one consultant. Additionally, what was it like? to complete SAP certification. If you'd be willing, I would love to have a 15-minute call with you to learn about your experiences and advice on what it takes to break into an SAP consultant career. Just reply with a yes, and we can work out the best day and time that works for your schedule. Many thanks. Nadia. Now, there's a lot of psychology built into this email that we won't even get into here. However, one thing you might notice is it's much shorter And it's very specific in what she's asking for. She makes it easy on the other person to say yes to her request. Also, what's not as obvious is every single word in here is relevant to the other person based on the research that she did. There's nothing extra. That makes it, (laughs) when they're reading through it, feel like they want to keep reading it crazy, right? And by the way, if you simply rip this off as a template and think it's going to work for you, that may be an indication that you could also up your skills as you're going through the process of your ideal career. Okay. So how did upping Nadia's skill level lead her to her ideal career? 
Well, Nadia found a connection on LinkedIn who currently worked at a company that Nadia wanted to join and had been in her university class, just like you heard in the email that read off here. Although they had never met at school, they had taken a class together and both won awards in it. Nadia reached out to him for an informational interview and just a short informal conversation. They connected and that experience then led to building a long lasting relationship with that connection. They offered to send her resume to a former colleague who worked at Nadia's target company, the one that she really wanted to work for. That led to a phone call, an interview, and an offer. What you can take away from that is if Nadia had not taken the time to go from the types of reach out emails that she was writing to being able to significantly up her skills through feedback and working with her coach, then she wouldn't have made that connection. It probably would have been ignored. It probably would have fallen flat. Uh, and it wouldn't certainly wouldn't have led to the same type of interaction with the same intensity. And then it may not have led to a job offer or have taken quite a bit longer for a job offer. Either way, you can begin to see how upping your skill level is going to have to happen someplace along the lines. It happens for everyone, no matter what situation that you're at, coming from entry-level roles all the way up to executive-level roles. It always happens. Everybody hits a point. With hindsight, Nadia also attributes her successful career change to personal resiliency. You can have the most fantastic coach in the world, but if you are not resilient within yourself, then it's not going to work. We talk ourselves out of things before even necessarily trying or before even getting the result. We've failed ourselves before the result comes in. If you're at stage six and you're trying to overcome setbacks and stay on your career change path, then do these things now. First of all, listen to Nadia's story. You can do that by going to the web-based version of this guide at careerchangeguide.co. That's careerchangeguide.co. And click on stage six, Scroll down, take a listen to Nadia's story. Take a look at the plan that you built in stage five. Remember, stage five is where you take everything that you know, what direction you're going, and then you give consideration to your strengths and utilize the tactics that are most likely to get you where you want to go. By the way, if this is something that you're having a problem with, then don't hesitate to reach out to us and we can figure out the very best way to help you out with this. You're going to take that plan. You're going to make any adjustments that are necessary to make your plan more effective because those adjustments will need to be made throughout the process. Don't forget to tap into the personal team that you built from stage two, stage two, building your plan for inevitable success. That's going to give you an assist. It's going to help you keep going. It's going to help you make changes and recognize where it's not working. Once you have conversations and interviews lined up in interview type of interactions, you can use our interview preparation checklist, and you can even dive into some hand-selected HTYC podcasts for nailing your interview. And we've got several of those right on the web-based version of the guide. You can find all the links in the gray box to take all of your action steps. Again, go to careerchangeguide.co, careerchangeguide.co. If you're getting stuck here and 
you are wanting to move faster or want help, or you have an upcoming interview that you want to be able to prepare for because it matters a whole lot to you, then schedule a conversation with my team by going to schedulealconversation.com and you'll pick a time. You will then be set up to talk to my team about how the very best way that we can support you. What we do is we actually custom match your situation to the best ways that we can help. That's it. That's what we do because everybody's different as it turns out. In the very next episode, guess what? You did it. (laughs) You now have an opportunity, whether that's in the form of a job offer or that is in the process for creating something that's going to be right for you. You've technically reached the summit but we'll cover everything you need to know about sticking the landing and even give you some specific scripts if you're negotiating your own job offer. I'll see you next time in the next episode, stage seven, reach the summit and find your new role. And by the way, many of the people that you've heard in this series have gone through our crew change bootcamp program. Career Change Bootcamp is our flagship program that combines one-on-one and personal coaching support with a research and experience-driven framework. And like I said, many of the stories you've heard are, are people that worked with us there. It, it actually opens November 9th, but you can get a head start on that particular program and getting in line for it because we only have eight spots total with the smallest amount of spots we've ever had in a November before. How Ever more importantly than that, you can get a head start on your 2021 by emailing me directly, scott at happentoyourcareer.com and putting CCB conversation in the subject line. And then I'll make sure that you get in touch with my team and we'll figure out if that program is right for you. And if it is, we'll figure out the very best way that we can help. Just email scott at happentoyourcareer, put CCB conversation in the subject line. 